here. I'm, uh, I'm excited about this one. This is John, and um, I think most of you, because I, I just learned your name, sorry about that, but I think most okay. of you might know him as uh, Bingo the Mini, one of my favorite minis on the gram. Yeah, hiding behind a different username on uh, on social media. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. My uh, that's funny because my um, my uh, social media name for my mini was uh, Goldtooth Cray, yeah. And the car's name is Reggie Cray, so I had it like in the bio, like Reggie Cray, like you know, people were calling me Reggie, so I had to like, I think I put it in the parentheses, <laughs> like. My name's actually Mike. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's unlikely anyone's going to meet me and uh, think that my name's Bingo, but uh, you never know. These <laughs> yeah, days. yeah, it could be, a, it could be a nickname. It could be a nickname. You never know. <laughs> yeah, no, I only actually um, discovered your profile when you sent the uh, request to do a podcast like this because I saw you were following me afterwards and uh, realized that I wasn't following you. So I've been scouring your Instagram profile now for <laughs> the last few days to find out uh, more about who you are and what your car is. I know I go I go through waves of posting stuff usually like uh, you know well right now my car is like uh, in pieces so I haven't been uh, posting a lot of stuff but um, yeah I've been following you for a while now I, you know I that's my as yours seems to be my whole Instagram is is mini related so that's all they uh, kind of uh, shoot yeah. me in the algorithms <laughs> <laughs> no, it seems to uh, ebb and flow a bit on uh, what what goes out in and out on the instagram profiles Same with me uh, yeah as well. we won't get into what else it suggests to me you know what i mean <laughs> i'm just kidding exactly <laughs> <laughs> cool well john thanks for being on like i said uh you know i've, I've loved your mini for a while now following it it's a it's pretty fun and unique on, in several ways we'll get into that but um yeah yeah and uh, I was going to say good morning, but I think it's afternoon or evening your time. I, I yes. get confused. I just, I just try to schedule nowadays. It's, it's, that's the hardest part about this podcast yeah. is scheduling with all the time zones and <laughs> getting no, exactly. it to go. No, but, it's just, uh, gone, uh, just gone 4 o'clock in the afternoon here, so it's not, uh, not too early and not too late. All right. Good, good, good. Sweet. <laughs> and I want to say, you know, I don't know, I don't know if you've listened to the podcast yet, but... Um, I just want to announce this. This is going to be episode 20. So that's a huge milestone, and I appreciate you for being that, that milestone. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. You know, it doesn't, you know, it's kind of crazy because it's like, dang, it's like, all right, it's been 20 weeks at least. You know, that's kind of a lot. That's crazy. Yeah. So Fantastic. proud of myself for uh, putting through the scheduling and uh, yeah. <laughs> keeping it rolling. It's fun, though. It's fun. Well, you're doing all the admin side of it as well, so I guess it's uh, not just a case of recording the video and it's done, but uh... yeah, everything, everything. So some some episodes go really well, um, and I can just kind of export, add the uh, intro music, pretty much, yeah. and <laughs> and uh, post it. And sometimes it's cut, splice, you know, cutting out, uh, you know, technical issues and stuff like that. But yeah, it's fun. It's fun. So. Let's jump into this, man. I'm really yeah. curious because, uh, you know, most of your Instagram, like I said, everyone go check out um, Bingo the Mini on Instagram. And um, most of it's, you know, kind of after the restoration and you drive in it and stuff like that. So I'm curious of like how you got into minis. Have you been into minis for a long time? And, you know, kind of where it all started. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it actually goes back quite a few years. Um, I think I remember when I was probably about probably no more than seven or eight years old, I was looking on uh, eBay back in those days. Uh, this is probably, yeah, right. you know, we're talking 20, 25 years ago. Um, looking on eBay, looking at Rex at the time, 
I was a seven or eight year old and thinking, I really want to buy a mini and I want to, you know, have a project and I want to strip it out and I want to uh, you know, restore it completely. Um, and that's probably where my passion for the minis all started. And like with many people, I guess it was also the Italian job film as well that really kicked it off completely. Um, so yeah, I was looking at minis back then. Fortunately, didn't buy one. I think my dad uh, talked some sense into me and said that uh, you can't buy a buy a car as a project and expect to uh, you know be able to do it yourself. And um, to be honest, based on the, how much work it was to get uh, Bingo to where it was, I'm very happy that I didn't buy a Mini and try to restore it back then when I had no idea what I was doing. So it's uh, yeah, it started way back when, and Bingo's my first Mini actually, which I bought in 2014. And uh, shortly afterwards, discovered that it was a wreck, <laughs> which is sort of the start <laughs> as, of the as story. They all are, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's the guy that I bought it from. He um, pretty much just gave it a new lick of paint before he sold it, and lots of filler and crap underneath. You don't want to get into all the details, but I'm sure a lot of people that have worked on minis know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. It seems like a lot of people. Uh, I, mean, I might be lumping this in, but I feel like there's a lot that uh, get a new paint job. And then sell it off, but I feel like are they really making that much more money by doing that? Because paint jobs aren't cheap. I mean, I guess some of them could be. I don't know. Here, here, well, metal cans aren't expensive. I was gonna say, <laughs> is that is that what happens a lot? A lot of DIY paint jobs over there. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I know that um, there's a lot of talented people that can do a lot with very little. But uh, yeah, it's. I think with bingo in that case, it was ninety percent filler, and then just a quick lick of paint. Just to cover up everything. So when I was taking the, the inner wheel arches off on the front, it was um, probably about a centimetre, two centimetres an inch thick with uh, just filler to cover up holes. Yeah. So uh, you start chipping away at that and suddenly there's not much car left afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When I, uh, that reminds me because when I was doing my uh, my Mini, hmm. when I first got it, you know, the, the um, what's it called? The A, pil- or the AC, um, A panel there. Yeah, it, it, they were all cut out for um, bigger wheels and stuff like that and arches and it had new new wings and mm. I put like I like tacked on like I like made a piece to kind of match the wing because so, I didn't want the chop and put big uh, arches and stuff like that so I tacked it on <laughs> and, uh, you know it was the fr- I was like learning how to and I knew I was going to replace it down the down the line but I like yeah. smeared so much uh, filler to kind of blend it and stuff like that and then a year or two later when I actually replaced the pan, I took it off. It was so heavy filled with filler. I was like, that's disgusting. But I did it for my personal reasons and uh, didn't resell it like that. (laughs) It's a learning process with a mini. That's the thing. Yeah. 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 uh, It is. Yeah. It's fun. But it's good fun to learn as well. I mean, certainly when I was restoring bingo, I learned a hell of a lot about how a car is constructed. So how did you find them? 2014, what, were you you kind of sought out to look for it or kind of fell in yeah, your lap? Was, what was... I was looking for a Mini um, and I ended up going to, you know, went to, to go look at one that was blue originally. Um, mm-hmm. And that was, I think, a 70, 75, 76 model maybe. Um, mm-hmm. And I went to look at it and I thought, this is, you know, it is restoration, can't buy this one. You know, floors need replacing, tow board's gone, front wheel, you know, wings are gone. So I dropped that one, and uh, before I went to look at that original blue one, I decided that I wanted to call the Mini Bingo, which is where the name came from. So the name Bingo was actually meant for a different Mini than the one I own now. Um, and uh, a few weeks later, I went to look at this one here that looked great, fantastic, nice pictures. Went to drive it, 
no issues at all. Um, and then put an offering for it, drove it away. Uh, and only sort of six months later, before, well, after anything that has to do with returns policies uh, has expired, uh, realised that it was just a wreck. So, um, yeah, that's where the restoration started. And I thought, I can either you know, sell the car as it is now, by which point I realised that it was already falling apart, um, or I can scrap it, get the money for it, which no mini enthusiast wants to do. Yeah, uh, right. Or pull it apart and try and restore it as best I can and decided to go with that last one. So you were pretty much looking for a running and driving one and you didn't yeah. uh, really necessarily want a, I think most people at least want that. Um, and then, <laughs> So were you searching for a specific year, model, date or? Uh, I was looking for one that was uh, pre-wheel arches, I think. I always like the look of a mini, especially the 60s minis that don't have the wheel arches with the wider tires and the slightly more space wheels um mm -hmm, so i was mm -hmm. looking for something i'm not quite sure when the wheel arches came in but that's certainly sort of pre-90s um right and uh, which is why i originally went to look at the one that was a mid-70s one um and then this one here which is 80 1981 is what bingo is um and yeah it, it fit the bill looked great um it was a bit of a mixed match of interior i think the interior was originally from a uh, British Open model, I think, oh. with the uh, semi-leather <laughs> and tweed seats. Gotcha. Um, but I thought, okay, that's fine. You know, just want a running and driving car, um, right. which I got, apart from most of the mechanical failures that came afterwards. So, but um, <laughs> that was good fun, certainly for the first few weeks. And so I was planning little bits and pieces that I wanted to do. You know, a stage one upgrade with the new carburetor needle and air filter. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe an exhaust upgrade, a few little things. And um, yeah, small project, but something that I could use and drive around in. You always have the uh, the modifications ready before you have the car, and then you realize, oh, I got to yeah. do a lot of, lot of maintenance first. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, it's, uh, especially in the UK, it's very easy to get hold of spare parts. Uh, right. Lots of people, so people have uh, parts for them. And a lot of people are very tempting with their, you know, stage one upgrade kits and exhausts and things like this. So you always sort of accumulate a few things when you realize that you're going to potentially get a, a car. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So uh, I th think about 10% of the parts that I originally bought for it actually went on the car. <laughs> yeah, I have a, a whole shelf full of parts that I'm accumulating for my uh, Cooper S build that I, I acquired. So... Mm. I get it. I get that. It's it's ha much harder in the United States or, you know, I get it shipped over from the UK. But, you know, the more I've been into the the um, the scene here, I guess, and especially in Southern California, the more you realize people have like a horde of parts that yeah. you start talking about. Oh, I have that. You, you know, you want I'm like, dude, what? Like, <laughs> it's uh, I, I would assume it's much more difficult uh, than the UK. But, um, yeah, it's always yeah. fun kind of collecting the parts and kind of envisioning the build along those lines you know once you realize the car was kind of shitty <laughs> yeah. did you have an idea of what you like did you immediately realize like hey i want to make this like a an austin cooper look or what yeah it was it's always the italian job film that it's gone back to for me the uh, original mark ones and um this being a, I believe it's a mark four i need to be correct mm -hmm. on that but uh yeah, it's never going to be a Mark One, however much you rush them, mod it, and put Mark One parts on it. But I certainly wanted that, you know, that look. So the first thing I really planned when um, 
deciding to do a restoration on it was how do I convert it to a, a Mark One grill? You know, remove the, the lip on the bonnet and um, Mark One conversions for rear lights. That's quite an easy one because many spares sell the conversion panels. And I sort of just took it from there and said, I want this car to be uh, not quite a Mark One, but I want it to look like a Mark One, um, be almost like an homage, but I don't want it to be pretending that it is a Mark One. So I want it to have the details, but not go full overboard and start cutting the roof off and lowering the doors and putting external hinges on and all this kind of thing, because then you're going to end up spending probably more than you would for a Mark One anyway. Yeah, yeah, doing that seriously. kind of metal work. It's funny though, I it, it, as many minis I've, as I've seen and scoured through, you know, I'm borderline obsessed with classic minis. Like I've never owned anything other than minis or classic minis. I always get duped on on Instagram because you know, car, especially like yours, where you do such a good job, and then then like you have to like zoom in, like oh, it doesn't have external hinges. Damn, mm. it looks so good. It's like it's such a great option because it's it's fairly you know, easy and, you know, outside of the, the taillight conversion, right. You have to do a little yeah. bit of welding and body work, but you know, I pulled the lip off of my um, hood and I, I put like a van grill on it. Cause I don't know. I thought it looked kind of cool, but uh, it fits mine. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's such a great look. And, and I noticed too, you even have like the sliding windows. How did you kind of do that? I, I've never seen a conversion for that. Is that uh, something that you can buy or do you do, did you like mock that up or? Yes, yeah, so that was a, um, there was a kit in the UK uh, made by a company called Plastics for Performance. So four with the number four. Um, they still exist and do a lot of um, uh, Perspex conversions for racing cars. So especially oh. rally cars and they do everything from side windows, windscreens, rear windows. I think um, and they, them. yeah, I actually found them on a forum while doing a Google search on how to convert to uh, a sliding window. Um, okay. And uh, they made a kit where they had the right size uh, windows for a Mark III window aperture, um, oh. because that's of course slightly taller than the Mark One and Mark Two. Right. Um, and then you get with it the um, you know the runners, the locks, uh, the metalwork that you need to convert the top of the door um, to accept the sliding windows. Um, so I decided to go with that, and yeah, it works very well. There's always a bit of a risk when you buy parts that are made to go onto a, uh, a later car that doesn't fit 100%, especially when it's a British car, because they, they have a tendency to be uh, slightly off off on yeah. some of the measurements from time to time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, but, uh, and you know, it's hard to find uh, parts manufacturers nowadays that everything's quality. You know, it's yeah. kind of a, you know, I, I, I haven't had too many bad experiences because the customer service always took it, you know, hmm. um, took care of me, but um, you, you never know. So that's yeah. cool. It, it looks great. I mean, that that was one of the things that kind of threw me off on yours is I was like, well, is that the like New Zealand? Because I think they had an in, or Australian, or, I, you know, there's so many yeah. different variants and stuff like that. So it, it works yeah. really well. It's super cool. Do you like the sliding versus roll down? Is it how's the breeze factor? I think um, there's certainly pos uh, positives to both. It is nice to have a rolling down window where you can put your arm out the window when you're trying to uh, get into a car park or something and take the ticket yeah. out of the machine. But uh, <laughs> but the thing is, the Mark One windows are probably underrated with regards to um, you know airflow because you can yeah. open the front, you can open the back. If you open the fronts up, even if you've opened both sides, um, it lets an air into the car. If you open both the rear bits forwards, then you end up with more or less air conditioning if you're driving on a motorway because you can barely you know, see anything in the car because there's so much wind coming in from the sides. 
Yeah. So um, yeah, yeah. it's certainly really nice and adjustable. Um, yeah. And it's good fun. For those that don't um, follow you, but you have a pretty big following here of like uh, almost 9,000 followers. But for those yeah. that maybe don't have Instagram, and I know I have uh, people that listen that don't have Instagram, can you describe your mini? I know that you said it's a, you know, we've kind of discussed it, 81 Mark IV originally. Yeah. Um, that you kind of Mark I Cooperized, if you will. Can you kind of give some details of what you did and and um, kind of what it looks like now? Yeah, sure. Um, so it originally started life as, like you said, in 1981. Uh, it was a Austin Leyland Mini HL, um, which is more or less, I think, a slightly higher version of the Mini City. Um, and uh, originally red, uh, ember red, I think it was. Um, and then when I decided to take it apart, I um, did all the metal work, which was a lot. Um, changed the front of the front of the car, so the grill is now a Mark One. Um, did the rear lights, um, did the interior to uh, look like uh, uh, Mark One Cooper, so red with uh, grey centers on the seats, um, center binnacle, uh, speedometer, and uh, also did some engine tuning. So I got a um, the original A plus block in there, but with a um, Cooper head, so a twelve G two ninety two ninety five head, um, race valves, uh, Piper cam, uh, race pistons, uh, double valve springs. So it's putting at about sixty uh, fifty fifty nine point six horsepower. I think it was that, measured at. That's a nine nine eight then. Nine nine eight, yeah. So a slight overboard to get the race pistons in there, but uh, nothing to right. really change the displacement. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so nice, uh, nice pokey engine, plenty of torque. Um, it's got the still got a four-speed gearbox. Didn't decide to go with a five-speed because I think there's a bit of a mixed review there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Three point four four diff, I think there is in there. So, okay. Uh, nice high revs on the motorway, which always keeps you in the uh, in the power band when you're trying to get past people. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's all about the noise in a mini. For sure, for sure. Yeah. And, and roof light, of course. That's one of the features that everyone seems to uh, point out when go. I see. Yeah, when I go there to shows go. and stuff, it's like, why is there a why is there a light on your roof? It's uh, <laughs> one of the old Lucas Rally lights that they used to use back in the sixties. I absolutely love that light, and it really makes me want to get one. Um, yeah, I you know I don't know what car I would put it on because I don't know if it really fit my my uh, Cooper or my uh, Rover. That's current well it's not driving right now but i don't know yeah. if I would, it's the route i would go for my cooper s but damn i saw man i'm drawing a blank i went on a, a cool little rally um i'm drawing a blank on what car it was it was like um oh man it, it was like an old alpha or something along those lines i don't know i don't yeah. remember but it had a giant one on yeah. the roof and it just <laughs> looks so freaking cool and it fits like these kind of old quirky cars it's so so that that was already on the car though. Uh, no, that was the first thing I did when I bought the car before I oh, uh, did so the restoration. Oh, so you put that on? Yeah, yeah. So the first day oh. I got it back and <laughs> drilled a massive hole in the roof and fitted the lamp on the top. So uh, that was um, certainly a good lesson in one of these measure twice, cut once. Yeah, um, right. Fortunately, it wasn't the right place, but um, yeah, it's, and that's probably one of the reasons as well I decided to go with a Mark I look when I did the restoration because yeah. that light would originally have been on the 60s rally minis. Oh, man, um, it fits so well. It's just... from rallying and 
Yeah, banned from running as 66 or 67. So it was sort of get the look before that time. Right. Man, that's cool. Where'd you find that? That's that's a eBay. Uh, eBay, dang. Yeah. Like most most I, parts that are a bit quirky, you always find them on eBay. <laughs> I uh, I forget. I was talking to Alex Toon the other day, and I, eBay UK man, because every time I type in, <clears throat> excuse me, classic mini on like eBay in USA, it just pulls up like BMW mini parts. I'm like, son of a yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just I just search for classic mini parts, and lots of stuff comes up. But uh... yeah. Yeah, yeah. I always usually have to like message the the seller because a lot of times it it doesn't have like shipping to the United States, so you got to kind of set up something different there. But yeah. yeah, man, I love that look. It's got the steelies with the center hubcaps, the chrome bullet yeah. mirrors, and the 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 interior is beautiful. It's you know it's uh, very well done, and um, you know little bits and bobs like the the light and the chrome gear knob extension just. You know, it's it would fool a lot of people, I think. You know, even well, people um, that have minis. It's it's a bit of a obsession when you get into the small details, but uh, you have to try and keep For yourself sure. from going too far. Like I said, you don't want to start spending so much money that it's not uh, not worth doing anymore. But I did manage <laughs> to fool the marshals at the uh, mini show last year, though. I got put in with the Mark One minis instead of the uh, Mark Three Plus minis, so <laughs> that was good That's fun. That's what I said. <laughs> Yeah, unless you're like a super nerd and like, you know, uh, last weekend was the Queen's English show for us. And there's a lot of people that have minis there that just, you know, they buy them and drive them. They love them, but they just don't quite know. Like this one guy, um, you know, he had a, it was like a, I think it was a Yamaha R1 swapped mini. And I was like, I was looking at it and had the copper or the brass uh, hinges. I was like, you know, what year is that? He was like, oh, I think it's like a 61. I was like, you know, that's a pretty like rare shell. Yeah. Like at least here in the United States, like those brass hinges, you don't see very yeah. often. And it was all kind of chopped up and stuff. I was like, <laughs> it was, super, it was, a, it was, it's going to be really cool. He's like, you know, he's ripping it. It's kind of like a race car build. It's, it's a cool car, but a lot of people don't really know the big differences between the years. So yeah, and you could cool. probably take the brass hinges off and sell them for a small fortune, and then you can That's uh, what I buy said. ten sets of new ones. <laughs> he was like, he got, he said something like, "Oh, they were kind of ratty. I was going to change them." I was like, "I mean, if you do and you end up throwing them out, just let me know what garbage can you threw them out in." Because <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's, but it's it's quite interesting as well. To when I was doing the research for the restoration to see you know what Mark One features there were, what I might have to change to make things fit. Uh -huh. um, if you look back at the you know the fifty nine sixty uh, model year minis, um, yeah, there are loads of really small details that you would never imagine, you know, would have been there because they changed them because of faults, issues, production techniques, or whatever. So, um, you know, if you find a shell and you see a detail like that, you're like, that's probably like a sixty or sixty one mini. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's kind of how I came about uh, finding mine. And someone posted the the link and. Um, it you know in in the United States everyone just calls all minis Mini Coopers and stuff so mm. that's what it was listed at and it was just a garbage picture and because I knew some of the the quirkiness of earlier shells versus not I was like zooming in I was like that might be a Cooper oh that might be a Cooperette you know like you keep kind yeah. of spotting things and a lot of people probably passed on it because it looked garbage but um, but uh, yeah that's cool. I want to jump back into, I think you said it, but to clarify, you did all the work on the car yourself or, or most uh, of it? Not, not the uh, respray uh, or the um, engine work. 
Okay. Um, because the uh, the engine, I decided I just wanted to leave to someone that knew what they were doing. Um, yeah. Easiest way to make sure that you don't have to pull it back out again in six months' time. Um, unfortunately, the person that I chose to do the engine, um, at the time I was living in Norway. Um, so I, it was an old, I think it was an old racer that was recommended to me by a club in Norway. Um, mm-hmm. and he said, yeah, no, we'll, we'll fix your engine. We'll get everything sorted fine. Um, paid him a small fortune to do it like you do with any engine builder. Right. Um, and nothing really worked. You know, I couldn't really get the engine to start when I put it back in the car. Um, the gearbox, you know, get locked in, in gear. So as soon as the, the, the engine got warm, whichever gear you were in at that time, you wouldn't be able to get it back out of that gear. Oh, once you managed no. to get it into or out of the gear, you couldn't get back into any other gear and you had to leave the whole car to cool down. So oh, um, no. when I ended up coming back to the UK in 2017, um, I just said to a local specialist where I was living, just pull the engine out, find out what's wrong. You know, I want to make sure that this is actually going to work because I spent so much money on the shell and the respray and everything. That wasn't just going to have a shell that was sitting around without a functioning engine. Um, so I said to him that, Pull it apart, find out what's wrong. Um, and they ended up pulling it apart and finding so many bad things inside the engine. There was swarf and metal flakes in the oil galleries. There was um, screws that weren't countersunk next to the timing chain. The timing chain was completely loose. Oh. Um, and um, so, yeah, I spent another small fortune getting that sorted. And the gearbox, they ended up just taking off and putting a new one on because they couldn't find out what was wrong with it. Yikes. Um, so, um, yeah, but uh, it's working now. <laughs> which is yeah. which is good. Yeah, that's why yeah, man, that's that's hard for me to uh, pretty much everything I've done on my mini I've had a f- you know, I think I had some exhaust welding done for me cuz it's just I don't have a pipe bender and stuff like oh. that, but Yeah. You know, the machine work on my engine that I did, um I had done obviously cuz I don't have machine stuff, but it's just like I, I get so n- not nervous, but like I've heard stories like that way too many times. And it's like, man, all right, if I mess it up, it's on me. And I yeah. spent, you know, no money on labor. <laughs> yeah. And it's tough because I know there's a lot of great engine builders out there, but, um, you know, it's yeah, there's uh, a lot of pirates as well. Quality is, yeah, quality and uh, competence, I guess, is going out the window nowadays. But, yeah. Well, glad you got it sorted. It looks awesome. Did you kind of just jump into welding then, or did do you have a background with tinkering on cars, or you know, what's your well, car I'm, history like? Yeah, not so much with welding. I'd uh, taken apart quite a few cars before, worked on cars, um, but not so much on welding. So I ended up starting the welding myself and uh, doing a fair bit, and then realizing I was running out of time. So the last bit of welding I left to the people that did the the respray. But um, yeah, it was. There was just so much, so much metal work that had to come out. Everything really from the, I would say from halfway up the windscreen and down, I don't think there was a single panel that wasn't rotten. Um, so it's, some of them could be repaired. And well, as with most things, it's more cost efficient to um, switch out anything that's too too far gone. Right, 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 right. But yeah, no, it's, um, it turned out well, which is... <laughs> Which is the good thing because it's when you're doing welding, you never really know if until you start assembling it again whether all the mounting points and everything are going to be in the correct place unless you have the jigs um, and things like this. So a lot of the metal work as well, I waited with um, putting a lot of holes in until after all the welding had been been done, so that I could mount everything onto the car, make sure everything lined up, um, and then finish everything off and get it get it sprayed. Right. Because um, the last thing I wanted to do was to get the uh, shell back from the spray booth and then have to start drilling holes and everything to make everything fit afterwards. 
<laughs> yeah, for sure. It's kind of funny. Like I mentioned, I've never been around any other um, car cultures or, or uh, groups, rather. But um, it's, it seems like a lot of people get minis and dive straight into, like, learning how to weld and stuff on mm-hmm. them. And I'm curious of other uh, cars, like, do people do that? But I don't know. It's such a kind of... It's not it's not a very intimidating car to like work on for some reason. I, you know, I did the same thing. I learned how to weld on mine and uh, well, weld if you will, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, it seems like a lot of people do that. Yeah. Well, it's it's quite an easy car to work on because once you have everything apart, it's quite accessible and uh, yeah. it's quite logical how everything fits together, but the problem with the welding on the mini is that the metal is so thin that if you yeah. don't know what you're doing, you end up just blowing a hole in the metal straight away. Yeah, um, my background before minis was with Saabs, um, and you know you can pretty much take any setting on a welder to a Saab, and you're either not going to penetrate it or it's going to weld properly because the metal there is so thick that uh, <laughs> you have no chance of blowing a hole in it, however, however hard you try. Um, but then Saabs don't really have the rust issues that uh, minis have to begin with either, so it's uh, it's a bit of a learning curve with any car because they're all different and they all have. Their personalities, and that also extends to the metal work and how they're put together. It's true, true. How uh, so? You were into kind of uh, restoring sobs, classic sobs, newer sobs. What? Yeah, so I had um, I had a daily driver, uh, a Saab ninety nine, um, which was a nineteen eighty two, um, mm-hmm. fun little car. Fortunately, that didn't need any work. Um, that was something I bought in two thousand and ten. Still have the car. Um, at the time, it had only done five thousand miles. From you, so uh, that was <laughs> a nice little find. Um, and then I bought a, a two-stroke uh, Saab 96 from 1964, um, cool. which was a bit of a project. Um, actually, the car that I was hoping to get restored before I bought Bingo, um, but that's uh, that's still an ongoing project to put it that way, because some projects have a tendency to uh, sit in boxes and drag <laughs> out a little bit. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel you on that one. <laughs> Always that's happens. Cool. <laughs> always 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 <laughs> yeah so speaking of um kind of going back to bingo yeah um uh you 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 mentioned you already had the name bingo picked out where did it actually come from though you just like it kind of popped in your head and you're like i want to call the mini bingo or it was when you saw that blue one you it just like kind of stuck or what i think the name came when i saw that listing for the blue mini that i wanted to buy um but it wasn't so much you know, an inspiration from anywhere. I think it was just, you know, that's that's going to be called Bingo. I like the name. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, catchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it works. It works. Yeah. That's fine. So when I got uh, the Bingo that I have now, the uh, red one, it's, um, it had uh, white round rolls on the doors uh, before I restored it, the stickers. Uh-huh. So I uh, ended up uh, saying, yes, yeah, it's, it's a Bingo chart. You know, it's got <laughs> round rolls all over it. So There you the go. Name. <laughs> there, you, there you go there you go i like that no it works it works i think the uh you know the little rally light it's like kind of i don't know it's like the quirkiness of it and it's like oh that's bingo you know <laughs> yeah well i ended up when i first had that light on there um i fitted a seven inch light on the top which was uh-huh. way too big for the car uh, the one that's on there now is a five and three quarter inch i think which is the smaller one that you often use for spotlights on the front of the minis uh-huh um, and also reversing lights but um yeah i put the seven inch one on to begin with and i was like yeah, looks like there's a moon on top of the car. <laughs> it's massive light. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, 
so it i mean you know this could be instagram kind of magic and uh and whatnot but it looks like you drive it quite a bit do you you know drive it once a week daily drive it because it looks like you're out in the rain it's not like a garage queen yeah. you're you're out and about driving this thing do you do you, uh kind of weekend cruiser it or what tell me a little bit about that well when i first restored it um up until well the finished restoration in 2017 um and then i would say that up until probably yeah 20 2020 i would use it when it's you know when it was sunny on weekends and just try and keep it nice and clean and then 2020 i decided i really want to do a road trip with this car um and that's nice. when we decided to drive to norway uh, through europe oh, all the way wow. up. Um, and I think during that trip, we went in, I think it was July until around about August, September time. And we did, uh, I think it was five or 7,000 miles in total in three months. Wow. Um, so, uh, and that of course was with all kinds of weather. I mean, you can't expect to plan a trip to, uh, <laughs> to Norway, yeah. to Scandinavia and expect it to be 30 degrees and sunshine the whole time. R- right, so, right, um, right. yeah, so that was uh, sort of the start where I decided that, you know what, this car, it's probably more fun to drive in the wet than it is when it's sunny. Um, you know, hit a roundabout, it's nice and slippery, great fun. Um, and since then, I've uh, taken the car out of um, storage in sort of April time, and then drive it as a daily driver all the way through till September, October, sometimes to November, uh, when they start salting the roads. So um, yeah, good five, six months of the year, I'm uh, driving around in the car as a daily. That's fantastic. I love that, you know, and, and I work from home now. And when my car was, um, I sold my, like my daily driver, which was a newer mini. Um, yeah. that actually, actually looked like bingo minus the, uh, roof light. It was a uh, red and black. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> um, but yeah, I sold it and I, you know, so if I wanted to go out and about for, you know, whatever it is, I would, you know, I'd make up excuses to go to the grocery store. I'd take the mini and it's just like, you know, it's, it's, not as bad as people think. I feel like, no. I don't know. I'm just, maybe I'm more obsessed, but I took it on a road trip. It was the best and most brutal thing I've ever done. But like, I was like kind of on a timeline, but you said you did it over a couple months. Tell me about that. You just kind of leisurely, you know, did this road trip or what? Uh, well, it was, uh, it was a hard start to the road trip. We um, drove from the UK, took the Channel Tunnel across to France, which is a train. Right, um, and then we drove all the way from France up through Belgium, the Netherlands, Germany, all the way up through Denmark, and then took the ferry from Denmark to Norway. Um, and that's wow. a pretty long journey. Um, yeah, and we completed oh, yeah. that in two days. So that was just you know, <sighs> hit the road, motorway, 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 um, and it was great fun. And then uh, <laughs> when we got to Norway, we were like, we need a week just to sort of get our hearing back, you know, yeah. stop everything vibrating inside our bodies. Um, so we drove all the way up and drove around in Norway for a good few, you know, a few weeks, few months. Um, and yeah, we just used it as a daily driver in Norway and took trips to visit friends, family all over the place, however long the journey was and then drove it all the way back again to the UK. So, um, I think, I think 10,000 kilometers in total is what we ended up covering about 7,000 miles, seven, 8,000 miles. That's epic. That's epic. Yeah, my road trip was about 3,000 miles round trip um, up to Idaho and then back down the coast. Did you have any concerns leaving? That was like the big thing. People are like, you're crazy. Like, what what if you break down? I was like, there's tow trucks for that. Like, it's not like I'm going in the middle of nowhere where there's, I mean, I guess parts of the country are in the middle of nowhere, but it's not like it's 
where no one can get to you. Did you have any concerns? Did you pack a bunch of tools and spare parts? Like- I packed some vital spare parts, uh, packed a bag of tools that I knew I might need. But uh, I guess when you're heading off on a trip, you just don't know if something's going to happen. And it's always going to be in the yeah. back of your head. But you, if you don't try, you don't know. Um, exactly. And for, fortunately, everything was fine. I had to replace, uh, I had to replace the starter solenoid um, when I got to Norway because I replaced that before we left with a new one just in case the old one failed. Uh, and got to Norway and the new one failed. So I put the original from 1981 back on and that's still working fine. <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but no, apart from, apart from that and, you know, some small tinkering here and there, um, I think I did an oil change when I got to Norway because I had then covered almost my service interval. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, another oil change when we got back to the UK afterwards. So, that's uh, fine. You know, I had uh, two five-litre gall- um, things of oil with me. And uh, oil filters and everything, yep. <laughs> all in the boots. So yeah, you know, fifty percent luggage, fifty percent service items, and <laughs> hit, hit the road. Off you go. <laughs> the, yeah, that was like me. I got um, one of those like little uh, kind of little jacks from like Walmart, and I had that under the seat, and I had my tools and my oil and my luggage, and it would just yeah. hit the road, man. That's so fun. <laughs> I mean, uh, knock on wood, I. You know, I plan on doing another one soon, but uh, I didn't have really any issues either. The only issue I had was I was, I literally had just finished the, like I was on a timeline to go to this rally that I um, signed up for. Yeah. Um, and I had just finished rebuilding the engine and putting everything back together. So I was still kind of in the testing phase. So I had also redone all the brake lines and the clutch yeah. lines. So my master cylinders kind of like, were basically were failing so i was like swapping master cylinders right before i left so i had like bleeding issues the whole time but it never like stranded me i would just have to you know the you know i had to stop and kind of bleed the nipple a little bit on the side of the road but other (laughs) i kept going man it was i I still had brakes it was better than not having brakes i guess (laughs) no absolutely but the thing is with old minis you can fix it with a spanner and a screwdriver you don't need a laptop and plug it in and then be a computer engineer to figure it out afterwards (laughs) yeah oh man some of the the best moments of my life here I, i have this here for the the people uh, that are watching here, this was the rally. I, I, when I was like, Oh man, I'm not going to make this rally. I'm still trying to finish the engine. They, they like dropped like the, the artwork for it. And my car is on there. I don't know if you can. Yeah. See, yeah. yeah. So I was like, Oh, now I got, now I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> I got to make it. But uh, yeah, it was, it was epic. It was a, uh, it was fun time for sure. Yeah. That's pretty much a personal invite when they put your car on the, uh, on the brochure. Yeah. 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 That's fun. I mean, I don't know. Is it, uh, is it something that, um, you see a lot of minis kind of daily driving over there or, or any of the countries that you kind of went to or classic cars in general, you know, it's something like in, in Southern California, it's, it's hard to not go a day without seeing some sort of, you know, classic car, mostly American kind of, mm-hmm. 50s 60s kind of hot rod type of stuff here in socal but um you you almost always see a classic car here um so i'm curious of in in the uk uh, or europe in general in your whole um road trip do you often see stuff like that or uh, well certainly during the summer months so from you know may until october there's people that use their classic cars quite often um, right but uh 
It's not so much with minis though, because I think a lot of people now have gone away from using a mini as a you know as a run around as a cheap car, and a lot mm. of people are now putting money into restoring them and you know, being proud of them. Um, but uh, when you go to shows and things, uh, it's incredible how many minis show up. Even if it's a non-mini car show, you can be guaranteed there's always going to be a handful of minis there. Uh, right. But um, I mean, there's a nice variation. The nice thing about the UK is that there's a massive pool of different types of cars. Um, right. You know, not necessarily just British ones, but uh, you, know, you see a lot of Japanese classics. Um, you see a lot of American classics, hot rods. Um, and people use them, which is a nice thing. Um, of course, once you get into the old, you know, 1950s Bentleys that cost about five million pounds each or something, then you don't see very many of those driving around. But uh, <laughs> you certainly see people driving around in you know, Austin Healey's, Morris's, um, old old Rolls Royces, Jaguar types, all these kinds of things. Um, I don't know how it is in the US, but it's always nice to wave to someone when you see them coming the other way. Well, the thing about the U- the US as a whole is, you know, it's it's a big big ass country. So, <clears throat> you know, growing up in Texas, um, I'm not too sure if you're familiar with the states, but you know, Texas is you know big trucks and um, mm. you know American hot rod kind kind of stuff. And I never really saw a ton of European stuff um, in terms of classic cars like that. But being in Southern California, it's like you know, dare I say the Mecca in at least the United States of cars and, and being in the scene and going to a lot of shows and meets and whatever, I see a lot of ridiculously crazy cars that are really rare, you know, million dollar cars just out at a a local meet in Malibu. And, um, you know, I was with a friend the other day at that, that meet and they're like, Oh shit, look at that. And I was like, Oh, I've seen that like 15 times already. Like it doesn't like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like it, it, you see like McLarens and Lamborghinis and all this stuff. And then you'll see, you know, the Countaches and you, you mm. see this kind of stuff and it's kind of like, I'm like jaded by it. And you know, but when I see like a really rare, like a uh, uh, European car or something like that, that kind of excites me because you don't see that as much. But like yeah. I said, the, you know, I go to this one past weekend. It was Queen's English, so it's all British cars. They do a Italian and French one, and there's a lot of really cool, rare cars. But it's, you know, I don't think it's very common in the United States. I think it's more so Southern California somehow pulls yeah. this off here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with with the states, do you see that there's a lot of modified classic cars, or is it is there a lot of originality as well? Because from looking on Instagram, it looks like lots of people like to. You know, customize, customize their classics rather than keep them original. Yeah, you know, I think that's the uh, the American way. They think they can do it better. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> just kind of how the internet's going. To be honest with you, so people yeah. see it on the internet and they want to modify. And you know, I, I get it. I I like modifying, but I'm into the period modifications. I, I you know, I want to keep the A series. I want to do mm. the upgraded carbs, but in a period manner. I think there is a good split. I think there's a lot of really well done um, restorations that are just, you know, very period correct. And then there's the, like I said, the 61 shell that has an R1 Yamaha motor in it. And that, you know, it's super wide with like sport pack flares on it. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Um, So there's a lot of, there's a lot of that, you know, it's, it is, you know, I'm glad the guy saved that shell because that shell probably would have gone by the wayside because it was at some random you know junkyard so Mm. 
it is what it is. But um, yeah, I think it's a good split. I think um, at least, like I said, going to these shows, you see all all aspects of it. You see the crazy one-off builds, and then you see the perfect period car. So it's a little bit of both. Yeah. What about over there? A lot of um, just straight restorations. Uh, I was actually thinking about that while you were saying it with the the Mini with the brass hinges and the uh, Yamaha engine. Um, I think the Mini is probably the only car that I can think of where you're more likely to see it modified and customized than any other classic car over here. Um, Yeah. You know, you go to a classic car show and, you know, the handful of Minis that you see, most of them are probably going to have, you know, bucket seats and uh, wide flares, massive chunky tires and all these kinds of things. And then it's maybe the... You know, the ones in between that have the original 145 tires and 10-inch wheels. Right. Um, and completely standard. But uh, it's probably just because the Mini is so easy to customize. Yeah. Um, and make your own. And it's kind of a bit modular as well, so you can bolt on the bits you want, and then you can pick and choose what you actually want your car to look like. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those things with the Mini is that they also made so many of them. So it's mm. it's people I feel like don't feel as bad, you know, chopping them up or whatnot, especially if it's yeah. a later later model, I guess. But um, yeah. but they made so many between fifty nine and two thousand. Yeah, yeah. To the to the person that just wanted to get into a Mini, like they're just going to buy whatever shell if it's a good deal or what. You know, this this like this guy didn't realize the difference between it, and I don't I don't personally care, but if I if I had that shell, I wouldn't do that. But I knew, you know, but that's fine. It, it is what it is. But, um, you know, my uncle, he's big into uh, British Fords and Lotus and, mm. you know, all that kind of jazz. And he, um, you know, he's a bit of a purist in terms of that. So if I ever kind of got into that range, he'd probably kick my ass. But, um, <laughs> he, you know, he, he runs a, a engine build shop and, you know, he's all about modifying his cars or, you know, to an extent. But it's all period stuff. It's super cool, like yeah. you know, like I you know said before, kind of kind of style. So um, yeah, you know, sort of ca- cafe racer look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he rips on them and builds out the engines and all that jazz. Um, but then he has some that are just you know, you know, mint period cars that yeah. you know look look good, drive. They're fun, and so it's it's kind of a tough one. Yeah, I think there's, it goes to a point where you you do too much and people start wondering whether it is the original car or not and how much you should actually have preserved it. But yeah. at the end of the day, it's your exactly. own car and you can do what you want with it. But uh, it's nice to... 100%. You know, it's not just for yourself when you drive a classic car because when you drive around, you can see lots of people are enthusiastic and happy about seeing it as well. Um, yeah, yeah. So... Like my uh, Cooper S I got and it's a, it's a shell and it came with a, you know, majority of the parts, but, um, yeah. it was a, a race car here in Southern California that I'm really trying to dig up the history of, but, um, you know, and I don't know if they did it a whole lot over there, but I think it was like kind of a seventies, eighties things. Maybe they deseamed it, the vertical deseamed at least. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's deseamed and everyone was like, you got to put those back. You got to put those back. And. You know, I've gone, but I would prefer if they were, the seams were on there, but, um, you know, it's kind of part of the the car's history and I kind of yeah. want to restore it to make it look like a, you know, a, a United States, California race car. So I don't know. It's a tough one. And, you know, people are 
not getting pissy, but they're they're <laughs> looking at it like uh, you know you you need to bring that back to its perfect like it rolled off the the showroom floor. I was like, but that's not its history, you know. Like it yeah. it went through some some exchange of hands, and I think it you know it'd be cool to obviously make sure it's structurally sound, but you know make it look like a cool race car. I mean that that's what it was. Yeah, you probably find that trying to reinstate the seams would probably be removing more of the originality because it's not just a it's not just a case of welding the seams back on. You probably have to end up changing a few of the panels to make the uh, the seams oh, yeah. come back again. Yeah, I had a buddy that did it, and he he said it was a big pain in the ass, but um, it his turned out great. And I started the whole process, but it's just like the panels just it that you know you could get like the little seam strip and kind of like make that into the new seam, but it's like you said yeah. the. The, the the metal's so thin and it was just uh i started and i was like no i don't think i can do this either i'm going to give it to somebody to do it for me or i'm leaving it so yeah. we'll see <laughs> well, you're almost better off leaving it because you have two arguments for it rather than uh, the one of just reinstating the originality so exactly exactly <laughs> well john i'm not sure like i said if you've listened to too many episodes or any at all but um we do a nice little segment on here called the patty probe are you familiar with it? I'm not, no. <laughs> <laughs> so what's well, this about? It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's um, you know, I have a, a series of questions here that um, they could be rapid fire or we can, we like I said, we always tend to elaborate on them a little bit. But they're just kind of, if you will, controversial questions in the mini world here. And uh, I just kind of rapid fire them at you. Okay. So. All right. <laughs> The first question on the Patty Probe is, what is your favorite mini variant? Uh, Cooper, 60s. All right. Easy one, enough. One, to be specific. <laughs> I get you. Uh, let's see. Um, I think we, you know, I assume now, but uh, is Bingo your one and only mini? Have you owned any more minis? No, that's the only one. Only one. Apart from a remote control mini I had as a kid, but I guess that doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is your mini, uh, mini, is your favorite mini modification, either one that you've done already or one that you plan on doing in the future? Ooh, probably engine modifications. Um, not going overboard with power, but um, just making it a bit more spritey. A bit more power. It's always fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you have a dual carbs on yours, right? Yeah, HS twos. I was gonna say the twos. twos yeah. On there. Yeah. So the uh, engine yeah, builder that uh, built it originally in Norway, he put HS fours on there, which uh, completely killed the engine because it just wasn't set up for it. Um, it wasn't at that big. level of tune. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 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 Um, since your favorite mini is uh, a Mark ones, I'm assuming your favorite uh, wheel size is ten inch. Yep. Correct. The skinny tires. Do you have a the skinny tires? Do you have a favorite wheel model? Uh, you thinking about the rims themselves? Yeah. Uh, probably the Steelys. Really like the Steely wheels. So so underrated, I think. You know, it's hard for people to pick Steelys, but man, they look so damn good on minis and classic cars in general. Yeah, well, the uh, the ones that are on Bingo are actually um, cast aluminium ones. So they're lightweight oh, okay. steelies. Oh, cool. So those are like the new kind of repo ones? Yeah. 
Yeah, they look good. They look real good. I was thinking about doing that on the the S just for a little bit of lightness. Um, you know, like I said, I, I, I do like period stuff. And if I came across uh, some, you know, actual Cooper S uh, steel wheels, I'd probably get them. But, you know, it'd be cool to have a, a set of the alloy uh, wheels like that too, huh? Yeah. Well, originally when I um, did the restoration, I bought, um, before I bought the car, of course, um, I bought four uh, three and a half inch Steelys. Uh, the original ones, but uh-huh. repro, so not lightweight ones. Um, and I ended up with um, vibrations in all four wheels. And it turned out that the ones that I bought were on sale because they were B-stock, because they were oh, impossible no. to balance. So, um, yeah, ditched those, and then I just went with the uh, four and a half by ten uh, lightweight ones. Yeah, so if you look at, look back at the pictures on the profile, any ones that have sort of the old cream, cream-colored cream steely wheels, they're the original three and a half ones. And okay. then uh, from sort of, I would say... May 2020 onwards. That's got the uh, the whiter ones, which are the uh, lightweight ones. Oh yeah, they look good. They look good. What has been the most pain in the ass job when restoring your mini? Uh, probably uh, replacing the original three core radiator that I put in after the restoration with the two core one, because any engine work involving a radiator on a mini means that you have to, you know bandage your whole arm afterwards to avoid yourself bleeding out it's um it's a pain in the ass it's a horrible job it is i'm not sure anyone said that one yet but it's such a pain in the ass job the radiator it's it's probably because people just leave them and say you know what just (laughs) not doing it yeah 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 but uh yeah definitely if if i can recommend an upgrade go with a two core super cool radiator over a three core standard okay cool cool big big help if you could have a drink, coffee, beer, tea with one mini celeb, who would it be? One mini celeb. Uh, probably a bit late to the party, but Putty Hopkirk would be a good one to drink with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've had a few that said Patty, but um, <laughs> I mean, that's a, you know, I can't fault anyone for saying that because that would be a, a damn cool uh, uh, time. Yeah. I've, I've, I'm drawing a blank on who it was, but somebody did have tea i believe with patty hopkirk one time which is kind of cool so yeah <laughs> yeah uh let's see um if you could change whether like something about your specific mini or minis in general like um like go back and with alec isagonis and like design something different about the mini um or like i said change something specifically about yours would there be something that you would change The first thing that comes to mind is I would like it to be possible to actually insulate a Mini for sound. Because when you're <laughs> driving on long road trips, when you're doing 10,000 kilometers, it would be nice to have the luxury of not having to wear, wear earplugs all the time. Yeah. Um, but it's just the, the design of the car being pretty much a shoebox. Uh, there's a limitation to how much insulation you can fit and make efficient in a Mini. But yeah. um, it would be nice to make you know, have a Mini that's nice and silent. That would when be you, When really you want nice. it to be. Yeah, mine's loud as shit, and um, it's, uh, yeah, I think it's, I've been in others that are quieter, but it's, yeah, man, I that'd be a tough one. Yeah, so, the thing is, when you fit, you know, twin carbs and sports air filters, and you fit a RC40 exhaust with just a single box on there, you're pretty much asking to have a bit of an earache after you've been out for a drive, but uh, <laughs> it's good fun, but when you're driving for a long time, it's, you know, you're looking forward to having the nice noisy car when you get there on the mountain roads, but in between when you're driving on the motorway, it would be nice to have the luxury. 
<laughs> yeah, cruising uh, isn't the most pleasurable. Yeah. No. Well, um, the thing is, when you're on the motorway at four thousand RPM for seven thousand <laughs> uh, seven hours, you know, good fun. I feel. I, I feel you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, when I did my road trip, it was, uh, you know, this heat wave that came through and it was, mm. you know, in the hundreds. So I had to have both my windows all the way down, j- blasting at three three to 4,000 RPM, yeah. wind blowing in, and it was just loud as hell in there, rattling. Oh, my God. When I got out, I was like, you know, had like vertigo from just being so damn dizzy and vibrating yeah. the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> End up with uh, tinnitus or something. Yeah, it was rough. <laughs> Thankfully, I was so tired that I just knocked out. But yeah, man, that was rough. Yeah. The nice thing about driving a Mini for a long time, though, is you don't get the uh, wallowing feeling when you sit down afterwards. Because you don't yeah. get this kind of feeling in a Mini. It's more yeah. of a shock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, last one here. Yeah. What is your favorite Mini color? Well, Bingo's tartan red, so I'm kind of obliged to say that one. But I think if I were to respray Bingo, I would probably go with almond green with an old English mm. white roof. Yeah, yeah, such a great color. I mean, that's a I threw that one in there, but it's a very tough one. One because there's so many mini colors, and two, yeah. there's so many good ones. Yeah. So I like both those answers. Cool. Yeah. Well, John, I appreciate you being on here. And um, again, everyone go check out Bingo the Mini. Do you have any other uh, updates or anything coming in the pipeline or anywhere else you want the people to check out? Uh, No, that's just uh, that profile there for the Mini. But uh, we are planning to go back to Norway again this summer. So another 10,000 kilometer road trip. (laughs) Oh, I look forward to I look forward to that. You need to like... um, live stream it or something yeah <laughs> i'll try a, to you, do, do you, you need to make like a little youtube series out of it or something yeah i probably should do i missed the opportunity to do that uh, the first time around so maybe i'll try yeah. that now but uh yes yeah, slightly yeah. short to drive through europe this time fortunately yeah with, uh, when I did my road, a lot of people are like oh you need to film it and film it and blah 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 and you know i thought about it but i was like i want to enjoy it but the second yeah. time around maybe i would film it it would be kind of a you know a yeah. fun little memento so Wow, that's cool. I look forward yeah. to watching you uh, at least updates on Instagram. So, um, again, thank you for being on, and I'll catch you guys on the one. Thanks for having me.